So it's it's not the most important thing about the movie, but I feel that after we fix your chair, my chair just should, broke. Sorry. We should, uh, we should really take a look at the fact that I don't think they did it on purpose, but the whole movie does boil down to the two white guys get to El Dorado and save the day from the one or two bad guys. And one of them's a native and one of them is the whitest Spaniard, the whitest Lord Farquaad looking ass. DreamWorks really just ran the hits when they've made Shrek, didn't they? I th- like I th- I said this during our viewing, but I feel like this was like their their first draft. Like they were like, let's I don't know, write I some think... quippy dialogue, let's write some songs, let's have some fun, and here's what made okay. This is El Dorado, right? And this is also City Wave Cinema. <laughs> That's James. <laughs> I'm America because <laughs> we can't do an intro to save our lives. Nor would I ever want to. This is far more fun. Carry on. So we watched the Road to El Dorado. Yeah. From the year 2000. The, the pre-Shrek era I was of DreamWorks. five years old when this movie came out, okay? I was six. Six? I was five years old when this movie came out. I have never in my life seen a more clearly sexualized character in a movie of that era meant for kids. Like, the movie is meant for kids. And I can't think of a character I've seen that's more sexualized than Chell. Yes, America. Jessica Rabbit. I guess I wasn't really exposed to a lot of Jessica Rabbit. When did when did Who Framed Roger Rabbit come out? Ooh, that's a great question. Same era. Yeah, but that also I didn't see I mean, that movie earlier, until I was like twenty. Till I made you watch it. Three, twenty-four. Great movie. I fucking love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Anyways, uh. No, and even, like, Jessica Rabbit... Just kidding. 1980, 1990... 1988. 1988. Not the same era. Very different era. Very different era. Uh, In that case, I would say Chell was probably partially inspired by Jessica Rabbit, but if you were to compare the two in just the way they're drawn, Jessica Rabbit has the gown. Yeah, she's got the rack, but she's got the gown that goes all the way to the floor, right? Yeah, high slit. And it's got the high slit, right? Chell's basically wearing underwear. Um... It's just a, it's a wrap, like, what's the, what's it called, a bando? Yeah, a bando. Yeah, wrapped around her torso, then you see her abdomen, and then she's got, I, I mean, it's, I don't know how to describe the clothing, really. I mean, it's tribal clothes. It's like it's native tribal, clothing. But, it's like, but what I'm, I guess for my question you for you. You just see her whole legs. My question for you, and I only can speak to this because I literally watched it last night. Kita mm-hmm. from... Atlantis is wearing virtually the same thing. Is she? Uh-huh. I haven't seen Atlantis in so long. She also has a skirty skirt with a bikini bottom, if you will. And a she hers is more like a bra, I think. Uh this that's not an official drawing. That's terrible. Well, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, she's wearing the exact same thing. So why are we oh. talking about Kita? Oh no. <laughs> that's just Disney's stab at it. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> the guys at DreamWorks saw Who Framed Jessica Rabbit when they were horny teenage boys. They saw Then me. they grew up, became animators, and they were like, We're gonna let it go. I'm gonna do that. They saw what? 
What? You said who framed Jessica Rabbit. Ah, Roger Rabbit. Whatever. They are married. Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Um, so they saw that the 1980s movie. Mm-hmm. Then they were like, I'm going to draw that. Went to DreamWorks as adults, as animators, and did the Road to El Dorado, had Chell, uh, voiced by Rosie Perez, and they did all that animation, and it was sexual. And then as soon as the movie comes out, Disney people, obviously, go and see it, because guess when Atlantis came out? 2001. Well, they would have had to have been animating it for a while. There was CGI in Atlantis. There was also CGI in Road to El Dorado. Yeah, there's a lot of early animation. Something that I think we have to talk about, too, is I feel like, and I can only say this because I literally watched Atlantis last night. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the CGI in Atlantis held up better. Like, it doesn't feel as... Mm, I can't think of the word disjointed. It doesn't feel as disjointed. Whereas like in El Dorado, you can clearly see what's 2D drawn and what is 3D rendered CGI because it's it's a very clear, distinct difference. I made a comment about it on the water. I was like, the no. water animation looks fantastic. It looks very out the of place. The rest of it doesn't make sense. Um, okay, so the best way I can describe the road to El Dorado is this is what every dungeon master wishes their D&D campaigns could be like. You got a bard. Uh, because you have a pair of the greatest improvisers to ever improvise. Truly. According to a script. Um, <laughs> and that's probably why. But, like, okay. I, let's just start. I also miss opening exposition songs. I was Can like, we start with that? Because uh, we it, the movie starts with a song that just gives you all the things you need to know. About El Dorado. About El Dorado. And that you know the movie is called The Road to El Dorado. So even if you haven't seen a preview for it, hi, that's me. You get the opening exposition song and you know the name of the movie. So you know exactly what's about to go down. I had three notes about the song. And normally I'm not big on oh, like I a... that just that. I not I'm not normally big on like a... I hate like pre-credits and like opening things like that like uh-huh. I, I if i come to see a movie i just want to see the movie like don't put all this shit in front of me i i hated it in the old disney era when it took like a million fucking years but this intro was honestly a bop it was catchy it was poppy uh the art was really pretty to look at um and it was a great way to exposition. James isn't wrong. Like, you get the whole history of El Dorado really quickly. Yep. Boop, boop, boop. And that was my last note. It was short, it was sweet, and it was to the point. Like, it didn't drag on. It didn't feel too long. You got the information, and then it was over. And then it was the movie. And honestly, if we're going to do it, that's how it should be. Because, yeah. So, the... The main characters, Tulio and Miguel, are some pretty American-accented Spaniards. And and not even, like, 1500s American, like, today American. And so that's fun. The movie also opens with the Spaniards talking about going and conquering the New World. Right, and they send Cortez. They do send Cortez, um... I, I don't know. And maybe he, is not, he is not a Columbus knockoff. No, Cortez is like a real person. 
Right, but he's also not a Cortez knockoff. They modeled him after a different Spanish general, Conquistador. I also want to point out that we talk a lot about, like, England colonization and stuff like that, but can we Yeah, but Spain rolled in and just fucked up I was like, but can we talk about... Spain? Cause... Also, Spain sent Columbus. So. I know! <laughs> like, I have a lot of... The queen... Who, no, it wasn't the queen. It was the king, it was King George. He wouldn't fucking let Columbus go. He was like, I'm not fucking funding you. So and he went to Spain. Columbus went to Spain, and they were like, yeah, we'll fund you shit. That was my big thing. I was like, we don't talk <laughs> enough about how, the, how Spain like just rolled up into most of the Americas and was like, fuck this, yeah! This is where we live now. And then... The rest of the rest of the white people rolled up into America and kicked all the Spaniards out. So let's, it's we really it was just a few waves of bad times. Yeah, but yeah, I just really wanted to talk about that because we open up with the Spanish going and talk, talking about conquering the New World, and I was like, you know, we don't talk about that enough. We just don't. We don't even mention it really. Um, um and then gambling, which is yeah, I think gambling. is where you were gonna jump in. Yeah, that's just uh, loaded dice. Um. Which is, you know, it's fine. I mean, I would like there to be some mystique about how they did their gamble, but all in all, this is the portion of the story where you have to be introduced to the characters in as little time as possible because your runtime for this movie is an hour 30, and that includes your four and a half minutes of credits at the end, right? It's also a children's movie, and children have short attention spans, so the more you can just... Yeah, you gotta be going fast, so... You get introduced to Tulio and Miguel, and you want to like them. And actually, I, I do like them. I like Tulio But I'll Miguel. tell you what. Who's your favorite? Under no circumstances, I'm not going to answer that question. Under no circumstances could Disney have approved this script because your main character's main goal to start is to get rich in the seediest ways possible. Yes. Tangled. Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider's main goal is to escape being killed. Flynn Rider's main goal is to live on an island with a giant pile of fucking money. Sure, but the more present goal is to not be killed. Because he stole a fucking crown. Yeah, Flynn's not a good guy. (laughs) I just, if you're going to say, like, Disney could never, I'm like, Disney fucking did. Flynn is not the main character of Tangled. He is a side character. He's the love interest. He's the love interest, but he's not the main character. Now, you know, if she was all about money, then maybe we'd have something there. But anyways, the... I also want to point out that, like, okay, so they run this big con where they're using loaded dice, but then they don't use loaded dice for the last roll, and the last bet is the gold... Versus the... Versus the map. map. And so that's a fair... And in that moment... That win with those dice was a fair win. Oh, yeah. Like, technically, they won fair and square. Like, so everyone gets mad because they were using loaded dice, but at the point when they weren't using loaded dice, it was all or nothing, and they won, so... That's true, but if they they hadn't used the loaded dice, they wouldn't have had any collateral to gamble with for the map. So, I imagine they're actually quite terrible at gambling, um, which is why they have to cheat. Uh, I mean, come on. They rolled on seven because that's what the dice give them, and then they rolled on seven again on regular dice and somehow pulled it out, so. I'm just saying that win was fair. 
Like, at that point, it was all or nothing. They played with regular dice, so no one should be mad. Because they won. That's Fair and square. That's... No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You know how you can get in trouble for buying stuff with fake money, even if you don't know that it's fake money? It's like that. I like gambling. Clearly. Um... <laughs> So they have to escape the townsfolk and they do this whole song and dance back and forth where they start blaming each other and shouting and they start fighting each other and then they battle. Everyone's so enthralled with this new development and this drama. And I'll oh, tell you what, drama. there's maybe not a more effective technique at escaping a situation than to make the situation so much bigger all at once. And if you are thinking fast enough and on top of your feet enough, you can really take any situation that is looking not so great, seize control of it, and run all the way to the fences. I think that's the biggest thing, is they like to seize control of the situations that they find themselves in a lot, and I think that's that's their main con. Like, they're mediocre at other most other con Things. They're, not, they're terrible liars. They're not good at lying. They're not good at stealing. They're not good at... Uh, they're decent at singing. Cheating. Then the, They're not good at fighting. They're good at improv. And they're good at taking control of a situation that they should not have control over. Can we... Can we write a new... Um, can we write a new Road to El Dorado, but instead of two con men... Who pull this joint? It's two improv comedians who are like relatively well known, uh, but they're running a little gambling joint, right? To start it, because it's got to be sort of the same. And then it's just the rest of the movie is all about how good their improv skills are. Hmm. And that's how they get away around everything else. Because a lot of the things that happen in this movie are utter insanity um so they escape yeah one of my favorite lines comes from this portion which is it's actually in the fight and he uh miguel says you fight like my sister that's a compliment i fought your sister yeah that's one of my favorite lines and favorite memes from this this movie this movie has become more memeable as it's years have gone on it's just so good the dialogue is really good, and I'm wondering if I didn't like it as a child because the dialogue's kind of adult. Not like adult jokes, necessarily. It's just a lot of comedy that you don't understand if you're... It's comedy that requires the context of life. Yes. If you haven't had some life experience, the comedy will just float right over your head. Yep. It doesn't make it worse, but you can't reach that level of intellectual understanding. It's, you have to have been through some stuff. And you know, it's something that DreamWorks as, really good as a company is really good at. Because it, see, it's been 2001, so it's been 20 plus years since Shrek came out. And every time I watch Shrek, I get a new joke. I see something else. Something else is new and funny. And I think it's just because there are some things that, yeah, you need to experience more life to enjoy. Flushed Away is also like that. I have not seen Flushed Away. Flushed Away is not a good movie, but there is a lot of jokes in Flushed Away that are so fucking funny for no good goddamn reason. 
There really is just so much in that movie that is so stupid, but so funny. And the actors did a great job on it, too. You know what movie the Dreamer says that is not like that? It's fucking Shark Tale. Shark Tale sucks. I hate Shark, Shark Tale. Shark Tale is not a good movie. I hate Shark Tale. You know what else is like it, though? Megamind. I've seen Megamind. Home. Which one's home? Oh, is that Jim the... Parsons plays a little alien that's annoying? That one's cute. That I one's don't... cute, and there's a lot of really good jokes in it. And Megamind has a ton of really good jokes in it. And also, the crowning king of DreamWorks animation uh, that is not Shrek. Madagascar. I was about to say Despicable Me. I feel like the Minions have made them a lot of fucking money. Oh, the Minions for sure. But that, that I feel like... Madagascar is really funny in it. Oh, Over the Hedge. Also, Over the there's some good. really good upper level jokes in that. Sometimes movie. I forget that DreamWorks has had like some really actually decent animated movies because they do. They get like they're like a lot of them other than like Shrek, I feel like for me and Madagascar, because I've seen that so many times, are like one offs. Like I've movie. seen Over the Head. Fucking do not bring up that godforsaken all, hell. All I can say about B-Movie is that. I enjoyed it the first time I watched it when I was a kid. Nope. I was a kid. The animation's bad. It hurts me. The animation looks like every other movie that was animated in 2007. And the story's upsetting. The story, the, the story of B-Movie is one of the most drug-addled, <laughs> insane fucking things I've ever witnessed with my own eyes. Uh, Ray, Ray Liotta's there. All the bees stop working because they unionized or some shit. Like, because they found out the people were stealing their honey. Yeah, and the planet starts to die. It's like one of the most insane movie sequences of all time, and also Jerry Seinfeld's in it. And so sometimes it's really fucking funny. Maybe but most of the time it's like bad drugs. Maybe a lot of executives, and I'll take this moment to remind everybody there's a fucking strike happening. But maybe the executives should watch the fucking B movie. Trolls was okay. I love trolls. But I have a very personal obsession with trolls. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about any of those movies. I'm sorry. I just, I went into DreamWorks movies to think about, like, how often they run this gag like they do in El Dorado, where there's a lot of, like, jokes that are really good. Multi-tier jokes. Yeah, but you have to, like, watch it or rewatch it or watch it and then a few years later rewatch it. I think they're, even to, even though I'm not in a room of trolls lovers... Even in Trolls, there's a lot of those where you're just like, oh. Oh, yeah. You watch it again and you go, oh, they said that out loud. That was an inside thought. That was not. Branches. That, that was an inside thought. Branches. And the high ass cloud. <laughs> Most of those two dialogues, you just sit back and watch and go, that's an adult thought. <laughs> Every uh, The Trolls movie is not good because Anna Kendrick and. Uh, 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 Justin, Justin Timberlake, Timberlake are your leads. I love it. The Trolls movie is really good because all the background trolls that run along with Poppy have some of the most unhinged, bananas, crazy fucking dialogue that ever there will be. And that's why the movie's funny. It's, be it's not because they gave the good lines to the leads. They let the leads do the story shit. They gave all the good lines to the background characters. Guy Diamond. Doesn't he like shit diamonds or something or like glitter? Like yeah. the trolls are fucking crazy. It's maybe some of my favorite absurd things that have been done in American comedy. 
But oh my god. I just really DreamWorks just does this. I really just like uh and we'll stop talking about it right after this, but in the new trailer for Trolls, Guy Diamond has a fake ID. Or I think it's baby Guy Diamond, the, <laughs> yeah, little, it's one. the little one. And he's all he uh Poppy looks at it and she's like, who's grown up McAdulty pants? And he's like, are you a narc? And like, you could almost slide <laughs> fucking. Cop? Yeah. He's like, are you a cop? Like it, you could slide fucking in what there a, and it would just be. F- what a, what a super bad reference. McLovin. <laughs> Come on. That's so funny. Uh, It's so good. Anyways. Anyways El Dorado. We haven't so even gotten on the boat yet. The homies escape and they. Make an impossible jump. They do make an impossible jump directly into two barrels that are at first... Here's where the movie starts to become unhinged. They jump down three, four stories into barrels of water. Which would... That would would kill you. I was Um, like, that would Or at the very least, you would break some bones. That's not enough water to cushion that ball. No. No. So, they jump in the barrels. Maybe if you were a mouse. They pull lids down over them, right? From somewhere. From somewhere. And then they get lifted up and loaded onto a... uh, Speaking of which, did they have cranes in 1560 or whatever? They were... Was it a pulley system or something? But yes, you did have cranes. Okay. So they get loaded onto the ship and uh, they kick out their little cork holes, uh, which just drains the water, which is going to make the voyage to the New World suck. Uh, and then they go to get out, and they've had a big crate placed on top of their barrels, which is not an effective way to store things. Um, <laughs> I also... I've, I've loaded shipping containers for a part of my living. That's not a good way to do that. I also really like... Something that I like that this movie did, and I'm going to call it out before we leave the barrel section... Mm-hmm. Um, is this movie likes to call itself out on its nonsense a oh, lot? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's a line um when they're being lifted up and onto the boat where Miguel goes, What's happening? And um Tulio immediately responds with We are in barrels, that is the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> and it it's just so funny because like it it's little things like that throughout the movie that really make the movie enjoyable to watch because you're all the minute james there'd be times when james would ask a question out loud about the movie and then two seconds later tulio would ask the same question in the movie and it's just it's it's a really good it's a really good thing sometimes to just poke out the flaws the answer to everything in this movie is that the movie the road to el dorado knows that it's a movie Mm -hmm. and so bullshit happens all the time but no one ever defends the bullshit. They just go, ah, yeah, well, you know, and that's how it goes. So they pop out of the barrels. Eventually, they do. And uh, immediately are imprisoned. Because they're stowaways on a ship and Cortez is an asshole. And uh, would you like to know who plays Cortez? You told me, but I don't remember, so go for it. Uh, it's the same voice actor for Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Jim you, Cummings. You did tell me it was Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings plays Cortez. Doing maybe one of the most devastatingly intimidating low voices a villain could do. Really solid voice work from Jim Cummings in this movie. Um, He has like seven lines, but he just nails every one of them with malice. I was like, it was really good line delivery for a really badly drawn and Oh my god, it's just big Farquaad. And not well executed character. It's just 
large Lord Farquaad. He had one goal, and that was to be the biggest dick he could be. And I think he succeeded. I also love how he he rolled a... Uh, we'll wait till the end of the movie. Okay. But, um, so they get imprisoned, and then... And Tulio has one of the most America-like relatable times in the cell where he's just slamming his head against a wall. And Miguel is the secret genius of this team because, like, Tulio's the plan guy, but I feel like Miguel Miguel really... improvises better. Yeah. Yeah. He can He can roll with things a little bit better, although he... Rolls too hard and then tumbles off the edge of a cliff. He, he, balls just continue to roll, unfortunately, for him. Uh, he lacks the inside voice, according to Tulio. They do, they do bring that up later. Um, the, they get imprisoned, and some time passes, and then the horse gets put on half rations, uh, which we don't have an explanation for. Also, they, he's fat. I guess, uh, that's not... Spoken out loud, though. They just, I think that's it just, just says Cortez says you're on half rations, but and he doesn't drew, give the horse food. They drew the horse hefty. Oh, they just drew a horse. I don't... Okay. Um, so, he looks like all the other horses. He looks like Maximus from Tangled. Is that Maximus, horse fat? Maximus also does eat a significant portion of apples in that movie. You know what? Maybe I should stop bringing up horses in movies. <laughs> Um, so, the... It's twice we've brought up They use a fallen apple to get the horse to try to bring them a pry bar so they can get their way out of the cell. The horse does not bring them back a pry bar, And this is another moment where, like, the movie's calling itself out on its insanity. Like, Tulio's like, he can't understand you. He doesn't know what a pry bar is. Like, this is dumb. What are you doing? And then the horse drops the keys to the cell down the grate. And Tulio says... It's not a pry bar. It's not a pry bar. Which is true. The horse did not succeed in the mission. An alternative to the secondary goal was found, but he did not succeed in the mission to find a pry bar. So they get out, they execute the plan they have made where they get some provisions, steal a longboat, uh, but then nine things in a row go wrong. So uh, many the things. horse goes over. Miguel uh, makes a case for Peta and jumps into the water to save the horse, which uh, I don't know that. I'm glad a they man saved Attilo. What? That's his name. No. The horse? Yeah. What's his name? Fucking. It's not Altillo. It is Altillo. No, it's not. I'll wait. It's not. I'll wait. It's not Altillo. I'll wait. I'm gonna have to Google it. Yeah, because IMDb is not gonna tell me the name of the horse that doesn't have a voice actor. <laughs> Ten bucks says it's fucking what's his bucket. I can't think. All of a sudden, he does all the animal ho- voices. What did you say his name was? Altillo. Altivo. Altivo. I was like, there's a V in there. There's a hard consonant that you we're not. You didn't even say that. You no, I didn't. But not... I heard you say Altillo, and I was like, that's not right. It's Altivo. too flowy. Altivo. Yeah, Altivo. Altivo um, the horse. Altivo the horse. Yes. So, the poor horsey. The really. poor horse gets the horse gets fucked on the whole movie. It's really I know. rough uh, until he goes and gets pampered. Oh uh, yeah. So they eventually get the horse into the rowboat. They, and he coughs up the apple. He coughs up the apple, but then he proceeds to eat all of the provisions that they had. Cause he a chunk. Cause he's hungry. He's a chunk. Um. Oh, he's a fat bastard. Is what he is, and. 
They... Hey, no body shaming the horse. He's a horse. I don't understand how he didn't capsize the rowboat to begin with, but we're not going to talk about that because this movie's on drugs. I just kept telling James to stop asking don't questions ask about questions. the movie because if you start asking questions, the whole thing kind of just deteriorates. It comes apart. So they managed to make it to a beach uh, in their delirium. Uh, and they don't take the swords. They do eventually. Out of the skeletons? Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Miguel takes one. Does he? Yeah, that's what he's okay. using to carve his way through the jungle, you remember? No. So they find skeletons with swords in them. I thought that they for sure just were like, huh, well, look at that. Yeah, no, they, they, Miguel grabbed a sword from a skeleton. Okay, never mind. I take back my comment. Um, also, just prior to that, a bird did land on the end of a rowboat, and I just have to bring this up because it was a decision that was made. A bird, exhausted, lands on the end of the rowboat before they reach land, uh, and they get this idea they're gonna they're gonna grab it and they're gonna kill it and they're gonna have food. Like that's a it, they don't say it. That's just communicated via via telekinesis. So nonverbal cues. So we get the shot of the bird, and then we get the reverse angle from behind the bird towards our heroes. And all you can see is bird asshole. They animated a butthole onto the bird. And it's, you can't even say it isn't because there's nothing else on the bird besides a tiny butthole. They didn't do any other stuff. They didn't add other features that aren't normal bird features. And then they gave him a butthole. James. It doesn't, I don't, why? Why did that choice get made? Because it's DreamWorks. I, Do we really need to ask that? They're fucking crazy, dude. Um, I also would like to point out that through everything, through the fighting in the streets, through the getting in the very wet barrel, through the imprisonment, through the escape into the ocean, onto the beach, Tulio is as surprised as we, the audience, are that Miguel has managed to hold on to this fucking map <laughs> in pristine condition <laughs> the entire fucking time. Yeah, he just still has the Out map. of his shirt. He just pulls up in his very open, flowy, piratey shirt and just goes, Foo-pow! and like Tulio does have a line about it. He's like, you still have the map? <laughs> How does he still have the map? And I'm like, well, yep. <laughs> and now begins the montage where we do a song and we traverse a great distance uh, with a bunch of jump cuts um, that will include uh, some of the most D&D party actions of all time, getting lost, riding horses, playing with monkeys. Uh, it will also include full nudity in a children's movie. Uh, only the backs, though, and butts and legs of these gentlemen. It's DreamWorks. They're really into butts. It's a thing. They, mm, they really are into butts, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Chell's butt, their butts, bird the butt, bird butt, minion butts, every, trolls butts. Every DreamWorks mom. No, that's Pixar. Pixar's yeah, Pixar. into butts too. Um, I would also like to point out that we have the world's most the world's most efficient tracker and resilient creature. The armadillo? Yes! <laughs> the armadillo 
is with them. He just rocks with them the whole, the time. whole movie. I think that was kind of like a gag that they put in, where it was just like, well, they meet an armadillo, and then he's just gonna follow them. The why? Whole time. Why do I feel like? Why do I? Because this sounds like some unhinged shit that would go on in a DreamWorks writer's room. They were like, okay, so we have to, we have this like the the game scene later, right? Where they need they need a ball. What if the ball? was an armadillo. Well, how the fuck would they have an armadillo that would be on their side? And they're like, from the montage part, they're going to meet animals, right? We got the monkeys in there. Why not add some more animals? Okay, like what other animals? Just the armadillo. No other animals? Right, what is the nature of the animals that live in this place? Um, Okay, there's four kinds of animals that live in this place. One there's armadillo. Monkeys, there is a single armadillo. There are fucking dinosaur birds. And the giant turtles. And the prehistoric fish. Those are the animals that live in El Dorado. Uh, also, we've made it to Central America where everyone speaks English. Uh, the boys find, they follow the map, they find all the locations. Uh, they make it to the final spot and it's just this tablet thing. And then uh, Chell is escaping from the city with she's, a golden bauble. She's thieving. She's doing thievery. She's also, I really want to say, because James is going to talk a lot about the animation of Chell, so I'm going to just put this in here right I now. I have one note about the animation of Chell. Uh, I have two. You've talked about it so much. I, well, I have two actual notes about it. I really appreciate DreamWorks for taking the time to animate a proportionally correct woman. That's true. She does not have, like, this fucking... Hourglass, super thin, tiny waist no, with the big hips. She's not. She's like a normal human. Yeah, she's got legs. She's got thighs. She's got arms. She's got ass. And she doesn't have ginormous boobs. Like they're proportional boobs. Like everything just looks. It's not Jessica Rabbit Rack. Yeah, she looks like a normal fucking person. Carry on. Uh, so except for the like. They didn't pay enough attention to animating her face. Um, okay, her face is a little rough. It's the lips, mostly. It's that everyone else has, like, normal people lips, and then hers are just painted on. And she's the only female character that has the lips just painted on. Because there's other female characters in the movie, the background characters. But they're not but... the ones that are going to give head later. I fucking forgot about that. They didn't have sex. She was in she... another location <laughs> on that body. <laughs> Her head popped ah! right up. Ah, why was his hair so fucked up if that's what they were doing? Anyways. I'm not going to comment Jesus on that. Christ. Anyways. Anyways, she's getting chased out of there and... Uh, an interaction occurs, and then they basically just sort of, like, softly kidnap these guys and take them back into the city. I think uh, they immediately, like, because they didn't, like, rope them or anything. They were just like, we have spears, you're coming with us. But, like, they yeah. looked at the tablet when they looked at them, and they were like, we gotta take these to, like, the yeah, higher Yeah, we gotta ups. take these guys to that guy. So they take them in there, we cross a bridge, there's koi fish under the bridge, which is like, that's not where koi fish are. Um... The armadillo is following them. The armadillo them. is following them. And they get into El Dorado where they are greeted by... What was his name? Tykel? Tykel? Tykel. Fucking little bitch McGee. 
Zekel Khan. Wow, we were not close. I wrote, I wrote it down because I knew I would forget it. Zekel Khan is Where his name. Where the fuck is Ty Cal from? I don't know. Um, um, and he is an easily tricked high priest. He's a high priest where everything matches anything he wants it to match in his scripture. Yeah. Anything? He can make anything happen, like, match what he's thinking. Because that's what he just does. He keeps going... Eh, yeah, close that, that that. Yeah, yeah, This dude, also, this dude's just so easily bamboozled. Everyone there is. Except, I think, the chief. I think the chief had it from the beginning. The ch yeah, I don't think the chief was bamboozled at all, but he was in a power struggle. Okay. I have one thing before you go. There are a lot of side characters in this movie that we spend a lot of time with and all of them have not spoken but fully fleshed out character arcs as well as motive for every action they do and it is so well executed with 1999 to the year 2000 animation and we need to take a look at the way we're doing animated movies now and fucking stop it because you, we just exposition dump. Fucking animated movies today suck. They're not fun. They're not... They just want to talk everything at you. That's all they want to do. You get more meaningful glances in this movie than you do in any animated movie in the last two years. Easily. And there's actually a lot of... I'll say my thing after this because it'll be a great little silly thing to end off. But there's a lot of... It's something that you talk about in the acting world that the best acting is reacting. And this is one of those few animated movies where you can watch the background and maybe not all like the extra characters, but a lot of the characters who have speaking roles are reacting to what's happening. Like they yeah, it's like they actually just animated everything. Yeah, and they're, they're, James is right. There's lots of little sideways glances, lots of like knowing like positioning of like Body, body language. language. They killed it on body language. Like, give Chell all the shit you want, but like her a lot oh, of. Oh, I would never. I would never give Chell shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a million years would I give Chell shit. A lot of her, just even her background reactions. Oh, of like fucking when she, magnificent communication. Yeah, when she's like, ah, mm, mm, like you can see it, like in her. Everything. You can watch every cringe, shrug, and shudder in every character. Mm -hmm. It's truly like the animation style. Yeah, it's older. It's not shiny and new. But they really pushed it to the limit on communication without speaking. Mm -hmm. They really did a good job on that. Gotta commend the studio for that. Because they it's less done in Shrek, but they were doing a different animation style. And I'm trying to think of other movies that are 2D like that, where it's done that well. And I can't even look at a lot of Disney movies and go, you know what? They really pushed it all the way to the max with all the communication like that. Um, Maybe like Treasure Planet? I was going to say Treasure Planet and Atlantis. I know. I'm oh, talking... you know, the fucking knockoffs that no one likes. Well, and, and you know, again, um, I've said it before on this channel, actually, and I'll say it again. If we're going to remake some fucking Disney movies, maybe we, we should remake... give Treasure Planet and Atlantis another fucking My go. My God, Treasure Planet, the sci-fi movie of the century, if you read it with today's technology. Swear to God. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd oh, be with so the CGI. Sick. Oh, the fucking map. Who, who plays Jim? 
Mm. We can save that for oh my god, tier night because uh, we're never gonna fucking talk about it again. I need to again. put it on Treasure Planet on here. Oh. It's been so long since I've seen it. I could watch it again, and it'd be kind of like watching this one where I just we just reminisce and talk shit. Well, it's not even reminiscing. I'm like, it's been so long, and I saw it one time that you could honestly put it in front of me again, and it's like a new movie. True. <laughs> I don't remember. What was your little thing you wanted to end on? I'd like to give another credit to the animation department of this movie for having the fucking balls to put nipples on a fucking character, because every background character that was not wearing a shirt had nipples. All right, so all those guys. Yeah. They had nipples. I'm just saying, there's a lot of... Pocahontas is one of them. Um, there's a lot of animated... Maui and Moana doesn't have nipples. Yeah, there's a lot of animated movies where we are um, seeing even just male tops that just naked. Just glass. There's nothing there. And Ken dolled the fuck out. Every single character, even the background ones, every single one of them had nipples. And they were not, they were proportionally sized. They were in the correct Truly, place. all the background characters also, like, have proportional bodies in this movie. Like, Everyone looks like a real person and not like an amalgamation of what people would like an ideal person to be. It's really quite good. And they were all different. Like, they were all drawn different. None of them looked like the exact same. I'm like, sure they copy-pasted some of the background stuff, but, like, the chief doesn't look anything like any other character. mm And Seiko Kun, Ken, whatever, he doesn't look like any other character either. I also like that there was, like, some... I know that they whitewashed the fuck out of the voice acting, but there <laughs> yeah, there was some thought given to, like, what those... Hey, I'll say this. They wanted... I read this in the trivia. They wanted Antonio Banderas for one of the leads, which would have been the opposite of whitewashing it. Give, you know... But he said because he had signed on to do Trek... Because Shrek 2 would have been in production at that point because Shrek 1 was wrapping up. He did not want to do another one Yeah. with DreamWorks. So right. we could have had it. I'm not saying they whitewashed it on purpose, but... Can I finish my thought now? Yeah, go. Um, they did. I feel like they did take some time to really think about what those nationalities would have looked like. Yeah, visually, it's quite good. Like, because there was a lot of just detail drawn to, like, the jewelry, the hair, the... Except for the fact that Miguel looks Scandinavian. Not Miguel and Tulio. They look nothing like the fucking nationality they're supposed <laughs> to be. But all the native people look like they could have been from the Aztecs or the Mayans. One or... knock on them, they all have the exact same nose. Okay, you can't, you can't, you can't win them all. Listen, they won the war. They lost the battle on the nose, Okay. True. We'll give them that. All right. We will come back and... Do the actual meat and potatoes of the movie and talk about Chell and her legs. Apparently, that's what we're going to talk about next well, time. Well, that's not all we're going to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of... They'd go on a drug trip. There's... Dude, there is so oral, much more bat shit. There's stuff that goes on. Stuff. Holy shit. We'll be back.